the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome, Cleveland, to another edition of The Advocate. Uh, I'm your host, Nick, and we're also here with... Kathy Lux. How are you, Nick? I'm doing fine, Kathy. How are you today? Good, and I'm wonderful. And who are we going to talk with today? Today we're talking to a returning guest who's been returning with us for years since we were talking about COVID from the Cuyahoga County Board of Health, Kevin Brennan. Kevin, thank you for joining us. Absolutely, Nick. Nice to be here. And hello, Kathy. Hi, Kevin. The Cuyahoga County Board of Health, boy, you became old friends with us during the COVID days. And uh, how are we, we doing with COVID? We're now into uh, you know, October of 2022. Where, where do we stand and where, where do we stand with vaccinations? Well, I'll tell you, Nick, we, uh, fortunately, there is a new booster out. Uh, it's, if you haven't heard of it yet, it is called the bivalent booster, uh, because it covers, uh, two distinct, uh, strains, uh, of, of COVID. Uh, the booster is targeting the original COVID virus, but also two of the, uh, Omicron subvariants, if you've heard them referred to as BA4 and BA5. Uh, BA5, accounted for nearly 90% uh, of the cases in the United States here recently. So we're really at a, at a good spot in that we can have now a, uh, a vaccine that is both reaching back into the original issue with the original COVID virus, or variant rather, and then also updating us to be able to handle the, uh, the aggressiveness of the BA4 and the BA5. Now, that's we, really we interesting. I have a question. Go ahead, Kathy. Uh, Thank you. I'm sorry. I, I was wondering, what are the numbers looking like now in terms of hospitalizations and deaths um, at this point in time in Cuyahoga County? Well, um, just to remind people, we still have our COVID dashboard, which is available on our website at ccbh.net. Uh, if you go to our homepage, you can just click on the COVID tab and it'll uh, give you a number of options. And one of them is to uh, check out the resources. And our COVID data dashboard is indicating that we are still around the high 200s into the 300 uh, cases per day uh, on a statewide level. And so um, here in Cuyahoga County, we are a little bit below that. Uh, so the activity level has dipped a bit. But we also see that uh, okay. in terms of, of weekly activity, uh, Lorain County and Medina County still have a fair amount of activity. So it's certainly, uh, we certainly are not free from COVID, although we have seen the activity levels here in Cuyahoga County decrease slightly uh, recently. Okay. So, and uh, you're talking cases, was, not, oh, necessarily, ahead, not necessarily hospitalizations, but cases you're, you're talking about, yes? <clears throat> That's correct. That's correct. Yes, we're not seeing okay. the level of hospitalization, certainly, that we did at the beginning, Kathy, nowhere near that right now. But there still are people being hospitalized um, based on COVID and other comorbidities that they may have. So there certainly is mm -hmm. still is presenting a danger. Sure. I, well, I recently had whatever strain is going around, and I know how sick I was. And I would imagine that people with other uh, health issues could be certainly needing to be hospitalized, that's for sure. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let me interrupt for a moment. Let me interrupt for a moment and take a short break. We'll, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back after these words. So don't go away. You're listening to Nick and Kathy on The Advocate with Kevin Brennan from the Cuyahoga County Board of Health. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Cleveland, Nick Phillips, and Kathy Lux with you for another segment of The Advocate. We're talking to Kevin Brennan from the Cuyahoga County Board of Health, and we're talking about COVID right now. Kevin, as always, thank you for joining us. Certainly, Nick. Thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. You know, we're talking about uh, COVID still being around. We're talking about uh, boosters, and we're talking about uh, people who still are getting vaccinations for the underlying COVID, uh, COVID-19. What... Um, what is the detail concerning boosters? Is it safe to get boosters now if you've had your two shots plus your two boosters? Is it a good time to go for a third booster? Uh, it is. I think I think what I would advise, Nick, is for you to um, converse, if you can, with your health provider or your doctor just to verify. But if you've gotten your first series, which would be either the single shot of Johnson & Johnson or the two-shot series of the Pfizer or Moderna, and then you've gotten uh, a booster, if you are at least two months out after your most recent booster, whether it was the vaccine series or the booster, uh, then you theoretically are eligible to get this new, um, the new bivalent booster. But just be on the safe side. I would say check with your doctor to, to verify the timeline. But uh, uh, somebody like me, I've had, I've had my, my first series plus I've had two boosters uh, since. And so um, probably in about the next month or so, I will be uh, going for my bivalent booster because I'll be on the right schedule for it. Now, you mentioned about the bivalent booster that it covers the original COVID as well as the uh, two Omicron variants. Uh, does it matter which booster you get, whether it's Pfizer or Moderna or Johnson? Do, do we worry about this anymore? We don't. Uh, we did in the beginning, I think, because of just the lack of data, and we wanted to be protective of people, you know, as much as we could. But the indication that I get now from our physicians is that uh, whichever one you take, they advise you to take whichever one you can get. Um, I know with Moderna recently, and just talking about in the last week or so, there has been some limited availability of Moderna. Um, and uh, so I would say if you're going to get one, it, it, it doesn't really matter which one you pick. In terms of the eligibility, there is a difference, though. Pfizer's vaccine is designed for people ages 12 and up, and the current one from Moderna is designed for people 18 and up. So I know that Moderna is now looking to uh, get further permissions to have this vaccine uh, be available for younger people. But so if, you're, if age is a consideration, if you want the younger uh, tract, then you're going to want to go with the Pfizer but in terms of which one has better effectiveness or less side effects or whatever, I think it's negligible from what I understand. So you just take whichever one you can get. For fully vaccinated so, I mean, people. I, I have a, I'm sorry. I have a question there. Um, okay, go ahead. In, turn, terms, in, terms of this, in terms of the side effects, Kevin, um, yes. you know, there's been some uh, controversy surrounding the accuracy of the numbers and the side effects of the vaccines. And um, and then there's been some uh, contrary information in terms of if you've had it recently and your natural immunity and should you get the booster. And I wonder if you could speak to those issues. 
Sure. In terms of the natural immunity, what, what I think, Kathy, what you're referring to is if someone just had COVID and now they've gotten over it and they'll say, well, I don't need the vaccine now because I have natural immunity. And that is true for a limited amount of time. What physicians tell us is that for up to 90 days, you have um, some, some very strong immunity uh, right after you get over uh, the COVID virus. But each day after that 90-day period, your immunity wanes, and it wanes exponentially. So each day that you mm-hmm. go past that 90 days, you're putting yourself really in more danger. So after that 90-day period, you should really consult with your doctor and decide when the best time for you to uh, would be for you to get the vaccine. Um, because also there are other, other considerations, too, as far as we mentioned before, comorbidities, other conditions you may have. So if you're not mm-hmm. typically healthy, uh, you want to make sure that you, you connect with your doctor. And how the, long uh, older, should... Oh, go ahead, Kathy. I'm sorry. How long should we expect this booster to be effective? What's the efficacy length of time in this booster? Um, I don't have anything in black and white that I could give you, Kathy. I can tell you anecdotally, um, the conversations mm-hmm. that I have heard among physicians is that right now we're probably going to need to boost two times a year. I think the target eventually is to get to a <clears throat> potentially a combined schedule where uh, around the same time of year, each year, you can get your flu shot and your COVID shot, um, possibly combined. I mean, I think that's the ideal but I don't know that we're we're physically near that in terms of like is that vaccine a reality yet? I don't believe so, uh, or we would have you know about it. But uh, that is the ultimate goal is to have it be a once a year booster. But right now it looks like um, it, it'll be probably twice a year for the short term. Now talking about other topics, for example, uh, Kathy, did you have one other question? Go ahead. No, go ahead. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, about monkeypox, is that something that's still out there that we should be concerned with, and if so, what's happening? Absolutely. Uh, monkeypox is probably, along with COVID, <clears throat> front and center uh, in our uh, in our view right now, Nick. Uh, and monkeypox is uh, largely controllable uh, in terms of we have a vaccine that is available. It was originally designed as a smallpox vaccine, but it has proven to be effective against monkeypox as well. So that's the story with vaccine. Uh, In terms of the illness, um, it spreads through skin-to-skin contact. So um, there is, it seems to be a misperception uh, among among the public in that it is a sexually transmitted disease or a sexually transmitted illness. Um, It's not in in the, the reality that it just takes skin to skin contact. So you don't have to have sex with somebody to be able to contract uh, monkeypox from them. You just have to have that skin to skin contact or prolonged face to face contact. So there are a few different ways it can transmit. Uh, But, you know, so it is, it is largely preventable. Um, The symptoms generally take anywhere from five to 21 days after you're exposed to manifest. So much like with with COVID, uh, the window was about two to 14 days with the sweet spot really being about four to five days. But here with monkeypox, it can be as long as three weeks after you're exposed uh, until you actually see symptoms. And the most common symptom is a rash. Uh, You'll see a rash uh, similar to sort of like poison ivy in that, you know, uh, it weeps. It it manifests itself in like a blister or like a pimple uh, that contains fluid. And then as that weeps, it can, can, you know, um, spread itself onto other parts of your body. It can get onto your hands. And then your hands touch other parts of your body or your hands touch someone else. So that skin-to-skin contact is the primary mode of transmission. 
A couple of questions about that is that we say skin to skin. Can this be done just by shaking hands with somebody? And does there have to be an opening or a break in the skin for something to get through, or is it purely transdermal? Yes, it would be transdermal. Yes, so you you could hook somebody, you could shake hands with somebody, um, you know, you could change clothes with somebody. The other thing is, you know, you want to be careful that you don't use the same clothing, bedding, or towels that someone who is ill with monkeypox is used uh, because there is the potential for uh, the um, the virus to be on those things, and then if you use them on your skin, that you could transmit it that way. How prevalent is this right now here in Cuyahoga County? <clears throat> Uh, we have approximately, I, I don't know if this is the exact number, I think 253 cases statewide and about 120 or so uh, here in the Cuyahoga County area, including the city of Cleveland. So mm. we have, you know, we have a good, we have a, the majority of cases here are in the state are here in Cuyahoga County. Uh, Kathy? That's really, well, I, I'm finding that really interesting. Um, and I, you know, I think, I think more information needs to get out there, um, because I, I don't know, I haven't heard much about it, you know? Um, so what's being done to kind of inform the public? Well, that's actually what we're working on now, Kathy, essentially can you say that? Because we are actually in the midst of creating, uh, educational materials. We are dis um, distributing them to, uh, local healthcare facilities some of the federally uh, qualified health centers. Uh, we are distributing them to, um, to clubs, uh, to stakeholders and partners, gyms, uh, places where people congregate. So we're, we're doing our best to get that information out there. Uh, we're also going to be um, accelerating our campaign in terms of media. Over the next week or two, you'll see us more on television talking about it. Uh, trying to just make sure that people have an awareness of it, where they can go for more information. Uh, if you'd like more information, you can certainly, the best place for us to refer you to would be our website, ccbh.net. And much like COVID is right on our homepage, prominently displayed, uh, monkeypox is as well. And there are instructions on um, where you can get a vaccine if you feel you need one. And there's also a, a frequently asked question form and an overview and a lot of stuff to, to keep you informed about monkeypox. That's awesome. Uh, real, and, and real one more, the, I'm sorry. You're running out of time. Go ahead, Kathy. Quick. Uh, I was just wondering, how, what is the network that the board has in, with the medical facilities here? In, if you could just describe that briefly. I'm yeah. Um, sure. Well, we received vaccines from the Ohio Department of Health. We distributed it to partners here locally, which included the local health care system. So if you were to call UH Cleveland Clinic Metro, uh, they have their own internal systems, and they will, um, you know, if you're a patient of one of those systems, they will instruct you on the best way that you can go to get a vaccine. If you don't have a health care provider, you can certainly call us, 216-201-2000, and we will give you instructions on how we can help you. Oh, very good. Well, let's take a short break. Uh, we're talking to Kevin Brennan from the Cuyahoga County Board of Health about monkeypox, and we'll be back for some final words after these words, so don't go away. You're listening to The Advocate here with Nick Phillips and Kathy Lux. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Cleveland, for our final segment of The Advocate tonight with Kathy Lux and Nick Phillips. We're talking to Kevin Brennan from the Cuyahoga County Board of Health about uh, what is going on with our public health situation. And Kevin, just for 
some final words here tonight. Uh, we talked about COVID and we talked about monkeypox. But what about the good old-fashioned flu? We're coming into autumn and we're coming into flu season. Uh, any Anything particularly new or different about this upcoming flu season? Well, uh, I tell you, Nick, I'm glad you asked because um, this flu season, we are prematurely forecasting uh, a pretty serious season. And the way that we know that is that we monitor, as, as you know, Australia and the United States are on opposite uh, ends of the spectrum in terms of seasons. So right now, um, you know, they're in their summertime right now. Uh, so they are, um, they are indicating that their flu uh, has been very serious, and one of the strains that they've seen has been one called H3N2. Uh, you remember years ago we had H1N1, right? It, we all recall that from 15, 20 years mm-hmm. ago. Uh, I remember, H3N, yeah. Yes, yes, we all do for a certain vintage. Uh, but the H3N2 mm-hmm. uh, is a very dangerous strain of flu, and our most recent touchstone with that is in the 2014-15 flu season, we had 52 deaths here in the county from flu. So we know that's an extremely aggressive strain, and that's the one that's being seen currently in Australia. So, um, so right now, Australia is letting us know that we could be in for quite a quite a ride this year with flu. So, we would certainly recommend that people get their flu vaccine. Uh, it's currently available in many locations, so we would encourage you to get it as, as soon as you can. Well, a question about the vaccines, real quick, is that each year uh, they they produce a different uh, cocktail of uh, vaccines for the different uh, flu strains that are out there. Are they planning right. for and are we covering H3N2 now? <clears throat> uh, well, I mean, the vaccine's already produced and it's already on its way uh, from what I understand. So um, hopefully they were able to do that. I, I'm not as well versed on the manufacturing end of the flu vaccine as, as I, I hope to be for your question. Uh, but I, I understand that there was some consideration, but I don't know to what depth for this year. Interesting. Kathy. And so, yeah, so, uh, Kevin, a reminder, although every, with everything we have been through, um, we probably don't need a reminder, but for, for the sake of uh, error on the side of caution, what preventative measures should everybody be taking right now? Well, uh, if, we were to, if we were to write it up the way that we would hope would be the best, practice for everybody, I would say certainly get your flu shot if you're able. And all, the, and all these vaccines are contingent upon the fact that you're able to take a vaccine, that you don't have some sort of autoimmune condition or other comorbidity that your doctor or healthcare provider would advise you not to get it. So we're talking about people mm-hmm. who would maybe be outside of those groups. So we would recommend that you get your flu shot. We would recommend that you get your COVID bivalent booster. Uh, and then, or if you have not yet and you haven't completed your series of COVID vaccines initially, we certainly recommend you do that. Um, but one thing we may see is uh, we may see the return of masks this winter. And the reason I say that is because we have COVID and this, you know, serious uh, strain of flu that's predicted. So um, I, I think like in our building, I think once, uh, once we get to the point in the year, which we're not too far away from, maybe a month away or so, from where we spend predominantly most of our time inside, our, our outdoor time is limited. Uh, you know, we're going to have cold, flu, COVID, norovirus. They're all going to be potentially going around at the same time. So I think here in our building, we will probably resort to masking again just to try to protect ourselves so that we can stay healthy and serve the people who need it. Uh, but you might see that in other um, employment environments too, just out of, out of a, a want to be cautious and protect employees. You may see employers revert back to masks this winter. 
Are you talking about well, voluntarily or mandates? Oh, I, I certainly voluntarily, right? I mean, we're, we're okay. you know, we, we as, a, as a health department don't have the legislative ability to mandate um, based on some actions mm-hmm. from our state legislators. But, you know, certainly our recommendation would be that. And then along with that, Kathy, the old adages of making sure hand washing frequently, we can't emphasize mm-hmm. hand washing enough, cleaning high touch surfaces, um, you know, limiting maybe your contact with people in terms of shaking hands and hugging and things like that. And, um, that, and then, that will have to be it. We're out of time. Oh. Well, anyway, okay. Kevin, I'd like to thank you much, and we'll have you back again to let us know how we're doing as we enter into this winter season. So thank you so much. Thank and you, Kathy, Kevin. Thank you, everyone. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Very good. And good night uh, and good day. We'll be back next week, same time, same station. So until then, have a great, healthy, and safe week. Bye now. Take care, everybody. And I sat and watched the Zanzibar sunset. Sat and drank my fresh mint tea With nothing to do until morning And only my mind for company Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.